Well, it's been a very busy two years for Ottawa family physician, Dr. Neely Kaplan-Murth. She's led a mass vaccination drive in the city, spoken very publicly about health policy, including to the Prime Minister and the need for reform and improvements. And she's also become the target for the kind of harassment and vitriol that a growing number of healthcare workers say they are facing by those opposed to vaccines, mandates, and other public health measures brought in to fight COVID-19. Well, last week, late last week, Dr. Kaplan-Murth wrote an open letter now signed by more than 1,700 healthcare workers across this country, stating that they will not be intimidated and vowing not to let disinformation, violence, and threats undermine science and the care that they provide to their patients. Dr. Kaplan-Murth joins me now from Ottawa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Take, uh, again, thanks for taking the time. I know how busy you are, and this open letter has been has has had a remarkable amount of interaction from other members of the healthcare service. What were you trying to say, and and why do you think it's proven so timely? Yeah, so it was really it was um, the reason that I wrote the letter was actually in response to a colleague of mine in the Toronto area who's an emergency room doctor and was um, responding to the. Um, warning that doctors and nurses and other healthcare staff in Toronto hospitals should, um, shouldn't wear their scrubs outside of the hospital, that they should be in disguise so that people aren't going to see them as healthcare workers and therefore target them with violence. And, um, and she responded and said, like, she's going to wear her scrubs and she's the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors and she's not going to cower to um, hate and violence in the streets. And I'm also a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors and my grandparents aren't alive to see this, but oh my goodness, would they ever be horrified if they saw what was happening in the streets of Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So as a physician who works in the community, I don't have um, security guards walking around the uh, perimeter of my office. I have to take care of myself. And as many people know, I was the subject of a death threat uh, a few months ago. And I um, am in a position to reach out to other doctors and nurses. And this turned into an open letter that was signed by the president of the Canadian Medical Association, the past president, the future president, and um, by the head of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. And, and then all of these other physicians and nurses and paramedics and midwives and respiratory technicians and social workers and others, even dentists have signed because we are all working in an environment where we wear masks, where we require um, that our staff are immunized, that we uphold all of the public health policy that helps to keep each other safe and keeps our patients safe. And as a family doctor, I've reached out in Ottawa I have been part of a group that has helped to immunize, um, to, to give 12,000 doses of COVID vaccine. And so as somebody who's outspoken and said, you know, it's really, really important that we take care of each other and that we take care of essential workers and we take care of vulnerable populations. I have then become the target, as have many of my colleagues, of hate. And we actually received a lot of that privately over the last two years. And now it's more public, it's more visible, it's in the streets. And so we're saying that this isn't okay. And and it's not okay at any time. And the racism and the sexism and the other forms of discrimination did pre-exist the pandemic. Uh, but what we've seen is it's escalated. And, and we are just saying as a collective that we will not be silent in the face of hate in our streets. Some of the words that really stood out for me in your letter were words like scared and grief. You know, those are not words you often see written 
by doctors. You just don't. I mean, I, I know you feel them, but they're not. They're not the words of not the words one associates with with um, necessarily with with the profession all the time, especially in a professional setting. How how, how difficult has it been for you? I know you've been running those Jabba Paloozas, um, yeah. inoculating people in Ottawa. How difficult has it been for you to continue doing the work um, with that? With having to deal with the vitriol as well. So it it is really um, the. Uh, you know, I arrived at my office on Monday morning and uh, the first message that we had to listen to on our answering machine was really rude. I can't repeat it. Um, and uh, the the death threats and the and nasty letters, all of that makes it scary to work. It makes it scary to walk around knowing that I've been a public face for advocating for the community. But the flip side to it is that every time we do that, event that, that you refer to the Java Palooza, that is, I say, okay, let's immunize all the truck drivers and bus drivers and um, construction workers and teachers and all the people who need um, to be able to access vaccine. And then we have, we have hundreds of people who volunteer to help us to do that. And it ends up being this wonderful, like end of the day when you've helped to immunize a thousand people or however many people you feel just like, wow, okay, we came together, we did something together. And um, that spirit of community has also taken place by donating masks to, to families who live in poverty. And, you know, somebody contacts me and says, hey, Dr. Kaplan-Murth, I have 500 or 1,000 masks to donate. Will you help? And then I say to the city councillors and the MPP for Ottawa Centre, will you help? And boom, we get those, get, get those masks out to people who need them. So there's so much good that is taking place. And that really helps to keep going, even when, um, you know, there are these small pockets of people who are nasty and who are hateful. Um, really, like there are so many more people who are good and who are doing everything that they can to, to help take care of community and to help take care of each other and also taking care of us as healthcare workers. In Ottawa, there's a group of people who have stood at the roadside and you know how everybody at the beginning they were all honking horns and ringing bells and and so on for healthcare workers well they've been out there like every wednesday for two years rain or shine they're out there um you know to support healthcare workers so there is much more good than there is evil in the world and um and so that keeps me going but it but it is it is really hard when you are then confronted also with um with anti-Semitism and, um, and just nastiness. Is that what it is? Is it just the, is it just the level of aggressiveness that you're dealing with as opposed to you know, people asking questions about vaccines or, you know, any number people can, people are free to protest in this country to some extent, but the idea is it, is it the vitriol again, to use that word, is it the vitriol that, 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 that's so, that's so scary? Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, journalists are experiencing the same thing, but it's, it's like this, this level of, um, hostility, that is just bizarre. I mean, you know, I've always had patients, I've been in practice for just over a decade, and I've always had patients who, who decline to be immunized. Um, you know, that's, um, also, we have lots of patients who don't follow our advice when it comes to diabetes management or anything, honestly, and we have respectful relationships with those patients. Those are not people who would ever turn around and call us nasty, nasty things and tell us that we deserve to die or, you know, use all kinds of other Nazi um, references in in um, interacting with us like that would just never happen. So 
when the pandemic started and I picked up the phone and I spoke to CBC and I said, okay, we need to talk about primary care. We need to talk about our most vulnerable patients. And we need to talk about how we're going to ensure access to vaccines. And um, like I organized a panel with the prime minister in February of 2021 to talk about equity and access to vaccines. It wasn't, it, it wasn't something that crossed my mind that, oh, if I do that, if I talk about making sure everyone has access to healthcare, that I'm going to then be a target for hate. Like that just would not have crossed my mind. So um, that's disappointing. That's a disappointing aspect of humanity. Um, but it is a small number of people who are behaving that way. And, um, and it's, and it's by and large, um, a huge outpouring of support. And when we wrote this open letter, it was to say as healthcare providers that we are committed to equality and to social justice, and that we are committed to speaking up about hate, and that we will continue to work and we will not cower because of people trying to be intimidating or harassing us. I'm back with Dr. Neely Kaplan-Murth, a family physician from Ottawa, who's written an open letter signed by well over 1,700 healthcare workers in the country, including some very prominent ones, talking about the sort of intimidation uh, that medical professionals have been facing over the past little bit, and also a determination to stand up and not let disinformation, violence, and threats undermine science and patient care. Um, one of the things that, that, that was also striking about the open letter is you simply asked for the same sort of consideration that you give your patients. And I thought that was a very touching way of putting it. What made you turn to that as an example of how, of how to try and at least cool the temperature down? So, um, so one of my colleagues who, who was one of the early people to co-sign it, um, said, okay, but, um, Dr. Kavimers, what is our ask? What is, what is it specifically that we want from the public? And I sort of thought about it. I was like, well, all that I'm asking is just for basic respect and for safety, which, which we ensure that our patients have, you know, the, the being empathetic and um, caring and um, being able to speak across whatever differences, right. And being, um, being somebody who has, spoken out um, in favor of vaccines, of course, I am, you know, there to have conversations respectfully about people who want to ask questions about vaccines, but I'm not there to be the punching bag or to be the recipient of um, any vitriol uh, because I'm doing the work that we're asked to do and, and that we've always done. My oldest patients, um, those who are in their 80s and 90s. And even at the very beginning, when we were first immunizing patients in retirement homes and long-term care, I immunized some people in their hundreds. And, you know, and their response was, of course, dear, I'm, I'm rolling up my sleeve. Of course I am. Because, yeah, if we can prevent disease, that that's what we have to do. That's how we take care of each other. And, um, you know, some of the uh, younger people in our population don't remember polio and they don't remember the other diseases The measles, mumps, rubella vaccine that we give to everybody. Well, um, you know, in my years of practice, I've never had to um, tell somebody that they have, um, you know, meningitis or that they have a child who has lost their hearing because of measles or, um, and that's because we immunize. And so we, we really come from this place of privilege where we take for granted that we can um, that we can uh, get through childhood relatively unscathed, and um, and now here I am just doing what we can to keep people out of hospital and out of the ICUs, and um, and it's shocking that 
that would be justification for people then saying that I deserve to die. I mean, it is shocking, doctor. I mean, it is, it is beyond shocking, uh, considering the amount of work that we we all know healthcare workers have done from the outset of this very scary and 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 different experience for most of us a pandemic most of us have not lived through anything even resembling a pandemic and i just remember the early days how encouraging and supportive everyone was and to see it shift has been has been you know one of perhaps one of the one of the tragedies of this amongst the many one of the tragedies of this pandemic how much worse has it gotten since the protests descended on your hometown or your city Yeah, well, I mean, Ottawa, downtown Ottawa has been under siege now for more than a week and um, almost going, you know, it's it's um, now finally the the police are starting to um, clear people out. I guess there's um, now they're no no longer allowed to be honking and keeping um, everybody awake and and uh, really terrorizing the downtown. But like I have patients who have little newborn babies who live downtown. I have um, so many colleagues who need to be able to work downtown um, in shelters or at the Elizabeth Breyer, which is a a palliative hospital. And there's also a family medicine clinic there. And the idea that, um, that it's unsafe to walk the streets. I mean, I have, I have a child who is 13 and I haven't let her walk to school where it would be downtown because she wears a mask. And there have been people who have been harassed and um, hurt who've been wearing masks and like none of that is okay. It's not okay that a window is broken on a shop front um, that had a rainbow flag. It's not okay that um, uh, I was part of an emergency town hall meeting uh, that our MPP ran. And um, within minutes of it starting, uh, he had to shut down the ability for people in the meeting to comment. It was, you know, by zoom, but people were, um, were originally allowed to comment and he had to immediately shut it down because there was anti-black racism in somebody's comment um, while, while a, um, a black activist was speaking. Like it is, it is um, unconscionable that that would be happening in our city in 2022 during the pandemic. Um, and that, uh, that it could carry on, that there could be that there not only that, that it could happen, but that it could keep um keep everybody hostage for for so long is absolutely unbearable for everybody in downtown and, and and anywhere in Ottawa and really anywhere in Canada because it's it's not just happening in Ottawa. I know you studied before becoming a doctor you studied sort of the anthropology a lot of sort of the history if I'm going to get this wrong correct me the anthropology of medicine to some extent uh is that correct? Yes, yeah. I did. I did. I, yeah. I, I was a medical anthropologist and I studied health policy and politics. I actually studied indigenous self-determination and health in Australia. Right. Um, just from that lens, where where is this anger and fear, do you think, coming from? Like we know throughout history that whenever there is a crisis, whether it's um, a, a financial crisis or a crisis like this, which is a, really a health crisis, um, there, there are people who are opportunistic. They look for moments of crisis to um, kind of um, embolden hate. And when my grandparents fled Europe and came to Canada um, seeking safety, one of the messages that they sort of brought with them is that um, you never know you never know whether you're safe. And, you know, I, I mean, I've grown up in Canada and um, the idea that uh, somebody could have a swastika hanging from the back of their truck, driving down the street and honking their horns and intimidating 
everybody around them um, is something that was only, it was only something that our grandparents' generation had to deal with in, in that way in the past. But actually, there has been kind of, there, there has always been, and, and anybody who's um, Indigenous and anybody who's a Black person, person of color, um, and anybody who's Jewish in Canada knows that the anti-Semitism is always just under the surface. So the, the fact that um, that my colleagues and I who are Jewish receive anti-Semitic nastiness um, doesn't shock us. Like we, we've kind of known that our whole lives. It's just now that it's in the streets. And um, for, for anybody who's ever had to go to the police for help, um, including women who have experienced violence, who've gone to the police for help, it's no big shock that uh, we didn't get the kind of police response that we needed right away uh, in Ottawa. And, um, and you know, that is the, the disappointing thing is that when people who want to abuse um, uh, others, when, when there are people who want to harass or intimidate um, they're, they're, they are the, the ones who come, who are the most dangerous. And those of us who try to speak up about it are um, then vulnerable. So I guess the short answer is it's, it's always been there. It's been there, um, you know, throughout history. It is what anybody who has faced racism or faced sexism or faced any form of discrimination um, has known um, their entire lives. But what's happening right now is using the opportunity of vaccines, anti-vax rhetoric, and um, the the collective exhaustion of the pandemic to just let this flourish. And, um, and that is really dangerous. Dr. Neely Kaplan-Birth, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome.